This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. And a good football Monday, Birds fans. Part of week two of the National Football League year and the end of week one. Eh, not great. That's what we're here to talk about for the next couple hours on Birds 365 with two good guests coming your way. You got Mac and Mac, John McMullen and Jody McDonald. Uh, JM, when you and I parted ways on Friday, I think we would have said the Eagles had had a pretty good week up and down, some surprisingly good signings, a couple of losses. All in all, pretty darn good for a team trying to defend its NFC championship. Ended on a sour note, if you take Sunday as the end of a week and Monday, the beginning of the week with two big defections yesterday, Isaac Samalo signing with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. And then last night, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson landing in Detroit on a one-year deal. Uh, We are going to analyze it all, both good and bad, but going in reverse order. Two pretty significant losses. One, I think we expected Isaac Samalo, but one, most people had pretty high level of confidence they'd be able to get Chauncey Gardner-Johnson back. How bad was yesterday's uh, losses for the Philadelphia Eagles? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't think it's as bad as people think. Um, you know, I think the market told you, you know, what you needed to know about Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. 
uh, not just the Eagles, everybody else. I think that's important. Uh, Isaac is a player I think is in the conversation to be the most underrated player um, on the team. But they were kind of, you know, understood they were moving on. Uh, so that was in the plan, so to speak. Now they would wanted. You, would you really say Chauncey Gardner was planning to move on, or a guy they? No, no, no. Him? The Eagles wanted CJ back, but um, and they offered him a multi-year deal early in the process. Um, that was not up to what he thought he was going to get on the market, and it turns out the Eagles were right and he was wrong. So the Eagles went in a different direction. What happened was. They, they wanted to get two of the three defensive backs back. And I think when it started, it was the plan was we'll get CJ back. We'll get Slay back because Slay was under contract. We'll be able to rework his deal. And Bradbury's going to go because Bradbury's going to get too much money. And then ultimately Bradbury was open, which was a, a, a little bit of a surprise, to be honest, because all year he talked about, he wanted to be back, but he wanted, you know, he, he was going to take yeah, right. the most money, essentially. And uh, it turns out he didn't take the most money. He took a little bit less to come back. So, you know, how he's good with contingencies. So, you know, CJ didn't take the deal. He, he went in a different direction. And then I think the plan was, all right, we're going to get Bradbury back and we're going to get CJ back. And that's when you saw all the Slay stuff sort of develop. Uh, about him getting released and and then you know his agent went out there and said well you know probably not going to do as well on the open market as you think you like it here you're a team captain you're a team leader and all of a sudden he was amendable to be coming back and then you got both corners back and you know at that point the door was essentially shut for for Gardner Johnson in Philadelphia um, so I guess the bigger estimation is now there's a tweet out there from his agency and his agents about contracts, about one year deals versus three year deals. Um, and I haven't been able to confirm that was the actual offer from the Eagles. I do know they offered him a three year deal. Um, the, the one they put on Twitter is pretty light. Um, you know. And it's understandable why he wouldn't have taken that deal. But he's an interesting player, Jody. He really is. Because I think the splash plays kind of, you know, discombobulated everything. And and that's where I bring up the rest of the league. I mean, it is what it is. His deal he got is the deal he got. Um I, I talk a lot about how many teams run the, the Fangio scheme, and there's too many of them. I think it was 12 or 13 last year. But 12 or 13 is 12 or 13. That means there's 19 or 20 that don't. And they're looking for more traditional safety. So right there, you're kind of um, squeezing the number down a little bit from somebody who would want that type of player at safety. So most teams probably look at him as still a nickelback. And nickelbacks make top tier nickelbacks make about eight million bucks a year. That's what they make. That's not, even though I disagree with it, that's not as high value a position to say out, outside corner or even safety. 
Um, so that's part of it. Um, a lot of people didn't like when I brought up the personality part of it last week on the show, but that's a big stinking part of it. Now yeah, you've seen that, it from 17 my... other stinking reporters, so I, I'm accepting apologies I never get on Twitter. But that's a part of it as well. Uh, that's no doubt that that's a part of it. Um, and it is what it is. And he took a, a one-year deal to get back on the market, and, and he went to people that are familiar with him and Dan Campbell and, and Aaron Glenn, and they were in New Orleans with them. Uh, they probably feel a little bit more comfortable than, than other teams. And hopefully he can, he, he can play well, get back on the market, and get the deal he's looking for. But the deal he was looking for was not out there. It was not out there. Um, agree. Sure, and, surely agree on that end. And, John, you know I agree with you about the big personality thing. Um, fans don't have to deal with it. Fans don't know what goes on behind closed doors. You know better than me and better than all the other fans as to how much work a team has to put into coaching a guy who's running his mouth all the time, which Chauncey Gardner is. And, yeah, sometimes the talent just overwhelms that, that you say we got to put up whatever we got to put up with. This guy's just too valuable, too important to our team. Uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson didn't rise to that level, and that's why he's now an ex-Eagle. Um, so it is, like you just said, it is what it is. And uh, the Eagles now have to fill a void in their defensive secondary. And I'll go back to one that I said last week, and I know what your response was, and I'll just double down on it. They missed out on an opportunity to get a starting safety when Chuck Clark got traded from the Ravens to the Jets for a seventh-round pick. Now, I know you told me last week, yeah, but Jody's not really a fit. That's not what the Eagles are looking for out of their safeties. Okay, so he's not a perfect fit. You're right. He is, his strength is more playing the run, and the Eagles lean a little bit more heavy in the Fangio system about the ability to play the pass. He's not terrible playing the pass. He's just not his strength. Who's going to be the Eagles' starting safeties going into the year? At some point, they're going to have to fill in the void that is Marcus Epps and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Reed Blankenship played solidly for the four or five games that he had to fill in last year. One like, oh, my God, we've got our safety for the next six years here in Philadelphia with Reed Blankenship. Are we going back to Andre Sachery? I understand there's a draft to come. There are some free agents still left out there on the open market, none of which jump off the page to me, none of which are good, as good football players as Chuck Clark. Who's going to be the Eagles' starting safeties come uh, September, John? Um, yeah, I mean, they're going to bring people in. They're probably going to bring in a free agent, obviously a second-tier free agent at this stage. Uh, they're going to probably draft a safety, and we'll see. I mean, one one thing I've, I've looked at – and. You know, if you want to go outside the box, it was a very short sample size, but uh, turned Avante Maddox into a full-time hybrid player. Now, my concern is that, in other words, he plays the slot when he have a slot on the field, but he moved back to safety. Um, and Chauncey did it a, a, a little bit as well. And it, both, it worked both times really well. Um, Avante did it when CJ was injured. CJ did it when Avante was injured. Now the problem, the, the the good part of that is you get a really good player on the field a hundred percent of the time. Um, when you when you don't have three cornerbacks on the field, you have safeties on the field. You keep Avante on the field. 
Now he also played nine games because he couldn't hold up. So what what are the odds he's going to hold up playing Marcus Epps' level of snaps? Yeah. Uh, so that's a, a legit concern. But from a playing standpoint, I think that would that would work really well because Amante's proven he can do it. He can handle it both from a mental standpoint uh, and a playmaking standpoint, and he's a really good player. I'm not saying they're going to do it. I'm saying that's something I would look at because you're keeping one of your best players on the field and you're better. If, if he can do it, if, if he can hold up physically for a hundred, you're actually better because he's a better football player. Um, now I say that I don't think they're going to do it. Um, and they're going to bring in a safety, a traditional safety and might be the draft might be phase two. So, you know, but remember last year we went through the entire offseason and it was going to be Marcus Epps, and it turned out to be Marcus, and, and they probably like to have Marcus back now, but uh, that ship has sailed. And, you know, it was going to be Anthony Harris the entire offseason. Um, and Anthony didn't even play this year for the Eagles because they got C.J. August 30th. And they drafted Reed Blankenship, and he, you know, sort of bowled out in training camp. So right now it's to be determined. We don't know, but they're going to bring in young bodies. They're going to bring in people to play the position. I mean, how how much did we talk on this show about stinking Jaquaski Tart? Uh, you know, uh, the 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 best uh, safety in Eagle Camp last year, according yeah. to some on yeah. our stream here on Birds Three Sixty Five. Yeah. Um, how much time? Oh, by the way, waste? I believe Jaquaski still available. Yeah, if, still available. If they you like to bring... double back on that one, I think you can sign him tomorrow. Yeah, you can bring him back. So my point is, you know, it's March. What is it, Jody? March first 20th. day, of spring, March twentieth. Um. <laughs> You know, there's there's a long time. There's a long time. And it's not going to be Reed Blankenship and Kayvon Wallace. Although I do hope, I, I do think, you know, Reed played enough to where he played a lot. And he played well uh, because of the injuries. And I know it's hard to, to count on an undrafted guy. How many times we talk about pedigree as well? Yeah, I don't give a flying fart about pedigree. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, the guy played. I'm looking it up real quick. He played th- 340 snaps. So it's not like it's nothing. It's it's not a, a large sample size, but it's not like it's nothing. True. And he was a top ten safety in the NFL. According to PFF, top 10 Reed Blankenship. That's how well he, CJ was. <laughs> CJ was in the 50s. Um, so I, I do think there is some hope that Reed Blankenship is a find, but they're going to bring in other bodies. And one of the ones that just got mentioned, and uh, Tommy Lawler from EaglesBlitz.com is going to be our first guest. He'll join us in five or seven minutes. Uh, one name that did get mentioned over the weekend, understandably so, is the return of the Green Goblin. Any interest there? Uh, I I have mixed emotions about whether Jalen Mills would be a fit back here with the Eagles. What do you say? No, I mean, there could be worse things in the world. Jalen's a, 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 a great leader, a, a, a good teammate, 
but I think you want to explore the avenues of, of being better uh, from a cupboard standpoint um, than that. He does have some versatility. There, there'd be worse things in the world. Like I said, he's a tremendous, tremendous locker room guy. Um, so I think they'll explore other avenues, but it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I will say that. He's yeah. limited. Here's but, the thing that scares me about Jalen Mills. And when he was here the first time part of the championship team, I was a big fan. And I thought that the Eagle fan base way over complained about the fact that he'd get beat for a long touchdown every once in a while. He was much like Chauncey Gardner Johnson, a playmaker who liked to cheat in, who liked to try and make a pick, who liked to every once in a while take a chance and then pay a price as the ball would go over his head into the end zone. Um, and I thought that they way overstated that. And I thought he was a much better cover corner than uh, most of Eagle Nation gave him credit for. Here's my issue. And I know the Patriots weren't all that good. I haven't been good since that Brady guy left. Uh, maybe Belichick has lost a little bit on his fastball. But they're not a dumb organization. They haven't been for 20 years. And I don't think they became dumb just because Tom Brady left. Uh, Jason McCourty just retired last week. And they're losing one of their key contributors at the safety position. And they had Jalen Mills on the roster under contract. The guy who had played safety for the Eagles. They chose to move the corner rather than even try him out at safety. They just said, yeah, no, we're moving on. Uh, if, if they had released Jalen Mills because his contract was what his contract was, their cap management said, yeah, not worth the investment. Okay, fine. But you lose one of your starting players who decides to retire on you. You got a guy who's played the position before, and you go, "Yeah, he's not a safety. Yeah, we were gonna re- we were gonna release him, so we're gonna release him anyway." That scares me a little bit. If Belichick was so uh, dead set against putting him back at safety position, if the Eagles are looking to do the same, I'm not saying they can't coach him up and get him back to safety ready, but that that does throw a red flag out there for me. How about you? I mean, somewhat. I mean, you know, it's an average player. I mean, he had a big number. He signed a pretty big deal um, <coughs> with the Patriots. So, um, you know, would they have considered him at the veteran minimum versus whatever it was going to be, five, six million, whatever? Um, you never know. Um, like I said, he, 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 you know, he'd be far down on the list, but you got to get somebody. So, um, you're in phase two now and you're picking through the, uh, the remnants. And, and so there are no splashy players at this point. I mean, that was, that might be it. CJ Gardner, Johnson and Isaac Sayamalo. I was, I was surprised Isaac got three years. I was surprised it was left for him, um, from Pittsburgh. Uh, and CJ obviously got one year. Everybody's budgeted at this point, Jody. I mean, everybody acts quickly. The budgets are out there. Now we're in phase two where you have these one-year deals, a lot of veteran minimum deals, a lot of, um, you know, one year for $5 million if you're uh, 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 more of a expected contributor. So that's what you're talking about now. And and you, you try to make – and the Eagles have done well in this in the past. And like I said, where Howie kind of sets himself apart in free agency – and, and just as a general manager in general, is the contingencies. I think other GMs fall apart 
when their original plans don't work out and nobody's original plan works out perfectly. Doesn't work like that. You're, you're going against 31 other teams. He's really good with contingencies. So we'll see how he handles it, but they're going to bring in players. No question about it. He's going to have to have some contingency plans because as of right now, he's lost both starting safeties and both starting linebackers. And the only guy on the roster, well, uh, two guys, Nicobe Dean, and uh, I'll buy you Reed Blankenship if he was a top 10 rated safety. I don't think you can make him a given, but that's a pretty strong. Well, that's not from me. That's from PFF. And it's right. a small sample well, do size. Do you agree with their rating? I don't think he's a top 10 safety. But I think he played well in in a limited sample size. But it wasn't a really small sample. He played quite a bit because of all the injuries. So that gives me some hope because he didn't get, you know, we can talk about when he got ran over at the goal line, but he didn't really get exposed all that much. And you're talking about, I mean, Philadelphia's a tough market. You get beat once and you're terrible. You brought it up with Jalen Mills. (laughs) Everybody gets beat. Jalen Ramsey, Darius Slagan. You know, remember, Slay got upset because people are throwing him under the bus. People are throwing Isaac under the bus when he leaves. Now people will throw CJ under the bus. But uh, that's just the way it is. It's a tough market. Everybody gets beat in the NFL if you're a defensive back. So I thought he played well, and I think it's worthy to say he might be one of the answers at safety. It is uh, always does make me smile and or laugh when I see when a guy signs with another team. He's just a guy. Okay, and you're going to get somebody more than just a guy to replace him. Like, who would that be? I don't know, but we'll get somebody who's more than just a guy. Isaac played between two Hall of Famers. I got that a a million times, which he did, but uh, he was also pretty good himself. Uh, He's John McMullen. I'm Jerry McDonald. We are the Mac and Mac guys on Birds 365. Going to add a new voice to the mix. He uh, jumps on with us uh, from time to time whenever he does. Always adds insight. I read his eagleblitz.com column all the time. He's had a lot of opinions about what the Eagles have and haven't done so far in free agency. He'll share them with us next year on Birds 365. Tommy Lawler from eaglesblitz.com up next. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Heading down the shore. Have a ball once more. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. 
because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Appreciate you streaming in here on a football Monday on March 365. McMullen and McDonald joined by our buddy Tommy Lawler from Eagles Blitz, longtime Eagles reporter who I've been uh, reading everything he's been writing this week. Busy week for the Philadelphia Eagles, so a lot to take apart and then try and put back together. Howie Roseman's been doing it since Monday at 12 noon. Tommy and two more uh, additions slash subtractions yesterday with Isaac Samalo and Chauncey Gardner Johnson both going elsewhere. Before we pick them apart individually, what would you say you would grade Howie's moves as one week into free agency between an A plus and an F? I think a B plus would be a fair grade, you know, because you have to take into account the, the restrictions he's got in terms of salary cap you know it's not a question of did he add the right players did he go out and bring a bunch of talent in he had already built a pretty good team so the key places uh, the key pieces are in place what he wanted to do is try to to limit how many departures he had he's done a fantastic job of that and then find some outside talent to bring in and he's taken you know he's he's made a couple of moves that have potential there we kind of have to see what they do uh some people will give him an a plus and say he's done a fantastic job some people might be a little more disappointed he didn't get more of a sure thing at running back that maybe if you don't like his, his choice at quarterback. But overall, I think given the constraints, I think he's done a very good job. Yeah, and I think added in, Tommy, he doesn't want to affect the potential compensatory picks in 2024, and the Eagles are more than likely going to get the the maximum of four added to that. So, you know, it's always about more than one year with Howie. And this is an indication of that as well, what he's doing in free agency. But, you know, to me, it was the way, the reason why I'm not uh, uh, upset and I'm, well, you know, a lot of fans are upset, but you know, most of this, the Eagles projected to happen. I mean, they knew they were going to lose Javon. 
They knew they were going to lose Isaac. I don't think they wanted Miles back, to be honest, or at least Howie didn't. Maybe Nick did, but maybe a little bit of a disconnect there. Um, and and the defensive backfield, I think the assumption was they'd get two back and lose one. Where, where Howie is good, and I, I saw you in the green room, and I always say his contingencies. And he got two, just not the two we expected. Right. So, you know, from this standpoint, I think it's been pretty good. I like your B-plus grade. I, I, to those jumping off buildings, what do you say to them? Uh, listen, the Eagles right now, who's a better team in the NFC? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the yeah. Niners, the, obviously, they <clears throat> upgraded with Hargrave. They lost a couple of other pieces off their defensive line. They still have uncertainty at quarterback. Um, you know, they didn't have a great offensive line. I should be good offensive line. And uh, so they're a good team. But I don't know that anybody is clearly better than, than the Eagles right now. So the, the, the key piece is that Howie, you know, Howie drafted Jalen Hurts. You know, he drafted Jordan Mailata. Uh, obviously, you know, having older guys like uh, Kelsey and Lane Johnson, they still have the best offensive line in football, even when you put Juriens in and place, say, Amalo. I still say that's the best offensive line in football. They still have the best pass rushing uh, duo in Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick. They, now they have a, a, arguably the best pair of cover corners. This is still a very good roster. The, the only reason I guess I would go down to the B-plus for Howie, the one concern you have is is older players. And yeah. you always want to, you always want to, you know, you're talking, you're exactly right. Roster building is never about just right now. It's about now, next year, the year after. You always think in terms of one to three year windows and having all these older guys back, it's a little bit of a concern. That's a fair argument against it. Uh, the one thing I would say is that they are bringing guys back that are still playing at a high level and they're paying them reasonable money. They didn't go out and throw huge dollars. Like Fletcher Cox took a $4 million pay cut to stick around, right? Yeah. And they obviously didn't give big money to Darius Slay. They kind of called his bluff and said, he, you know, he wanted big money. They said, go test the market. Yeah. He went and looked at the market. By the way, it's, it's, there wasn't it's, big money there. It's telling, Tommy, that that contract is not out yet. That tells you all you need to know about uh, – Well, about... listen, this is – I think all the players are finding out, certainly – Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is the biggest example. They're finding out this is just not a good year to be a free agent. And the salary cap is is an odd thing for for those of us that are not legal experts, con, a contract experts, and financial experts. And the salary cap kind of flatlining during the pandemic because revenues went down. All of a sudden, teams had to do some strange things. And so you see a lot of the league – I swear it felt like 20 teams had to make restructures to get under the cap this year. And when you do all that, you're just not going to have as much money to spend as you want. The Falcons had a bunch of money to spend. <clears throat> uh, the Panthers. Bears. Some Bears. Money. Yeah. But not a lot. And so you know what it's like. If you have three or four suitors and that's it, then they're just not going to throw huge money at you. And, you know, look at the safeties. Jordan Poyer uh, re-signed with Buffalo. Didn't get huge money from them. Yeah. Nope safety market aside from Jesse Bates has gotten big money. The big money just isn't there. It's nothing against Chauncey Gardner Johnson. It's nothing against whoever else has, has, has moved around. There's just not money to be had next year. I think teams will be in a much healthier uh, situation and the salary cap will go up another few million dollars. So there'll be better opportunities. It'll be a better market. John and I were just discussing before we punch up Tommy, that it is March 20th 
and the Eagles don't play their first game until the second Sunday in September. So a lot can happen. A lot of additions can come in. There'll be some subtractions as well. Uh, but that's what football fans do. That's what we do here on Birds 365. We analyze today, and then we adjust as we go. Contingencies, what does change? But you could at any time say, well, here's where I think they've got an issue. Here's where I think they've got a hole. Here's where I think they got a weakness. Here would be mine for the Eagles today, knowing full well they got months to address it. How good a tackling team is this going to be? I, I fear that losing T.J. Edwards, Marcus Epps was a pretty short tackler. They've lost two pretty damn good tacklers from their defense this past year. Hargrave was as much a penetration guy, but wasn't terrible against the run. This team right now doesn't look like a good tackling team to me. Is that a legit concern for you? I don't know that that specifically, that's not what I would focus on. The the hole at linebacker, you know, I, I project Nicobe Dean to the weak side spot. So I, in my mind, middle linebacker is wide open. The Eagles might feel differently, but that's where they played Nicobe last year was more on the weak side. So I'm curious what they do there. And when you talk about the defense up the middle, you know, whether it's basketball, baseball, football, defense up the middle is, is crucial. When you've got Hargrave out, you've got, T.J. Edwards out, and you got you know Epps and Gardner Johnson out. So the middle of your defense is weak, and it's not just tackling to me, but it's kind of everything. Uh, Hargrave pass rush, Edwards uh, pass coverage, and the safety's ability to cover and tackle. So the, the middle of your defense is a little bit weak, and uh, we're going to project Reed Blankenship for one of the starting safety positions. Okay, you're all right there. They've got to make a move at middle linebacker unless they think Christian Ellis is worth starting, which. That would shock us all pretty much. And I think that Milton Williams could replace Javon Hargrave, but it's not ideal. You'd, you, you at least want some good competition for him there. And so, the, you know, the defense has question marks. Absolutely. You know, listen, the defense, as good as it was last year, they got lit up in the Super Bowl, right? We all remember that, unfortunately. Second half, yeah. So <laughs> they have got to, to figure some things out. One of the things I'm curious about, I'd love to talk to Nick Sirianni with some sodium pentothal, so I got honest answers, and find out what lessons did you learn in the Super Bowl? How is this team going to be different? You know, and uh, obviously they didn't want to pay T.J. Edwards $6.5 million. Did they see in the Super Bowl he's not the guy that you want on the field against Patrick Mahomes? You know, or or did they just say that's just we couldn't pay that much to that a linebacker there? We've got to make budgetary cuts, and that's just one where we can't spend that much money. I don't know. Love to find that out. Yeah, I, it, linebacker's interesting to me because I look at it. Here's how I look at it, Tommy. I think it's 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 telling that the market for T.J. Edwards came down to Chicago and the New York Giants, uh, from what I was told. And Chicago has Ian Cunningham, and the New York Giants have Brandon Brown, and they're both personnel guys here in Philadelphia, assistant GMs, and they know. TJ very well. They were part of bringing TJ in to the building in South Philadelphia. So, and this is a b- little bit of a leap, and I'll find this out eventually uh, uh, at some point when we get to talk to Howie. But that tells me that Howie is behind this. And Jody used the term "jag," just a guy. All the fans like it, it, when they lose a player. Oh, he was just a, just guy. a guy. He was just a guy. Well, no. TJ wasn't just a guy. Corey Nelson was just a guy. Nate Gary was just a guy. LJ Fort, Eric Wilson wasn't even a guy. <laughs> um, I, th- they missed on a lot of this 
sort of budget shopping for linebackers over the years. And the fact that Ian and Brandon were gung-ho on T.J. Edwards tells me not everybody in that building devalues linebacker, but I know one guy who does. And T.J. Edwards, and, and, and I'll throw Kaiser White in there as well. Kaiser was just, you know, a solid, dependable player. Nothing more, nothing less. He is nothing less. And we've seen a lot less. That's one I'm a little concerned about. Uh, your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, Chicago and New York had awful linebacker play for parts of last year. So TJ Edwards, you know, he he's a you know, the Giants especially. There's a reason they played so much down defense. Their linebackers were horrific. And if you remember the playoff game, they had started to play linebackers more, and Jalen Smith was just absolute garbage in that game. So they were desperate for linebacker help. And uh, they eventually went and signed Bobby Okereke from the uh, from the Colts. Um, the Bears obviously needed linebacker help. They went and brought in two guys. Uh, they brought in the uh, Edmonds from Buffalo, paid him huge money. Yeah. So they felt like they needed to add to put a lot. And that's ironic because they traded Roquan Smith. That's <laughs> right, another absolutely part is. of the equation. So the, those teams really felt like linebacker was something that had to be addressed and, and were willing to devote resources to it. Um, it, it is interesting. So I'm, I'm a little curious what's going on. Like, so the Kansas city chiefs, right? You might remember them. They exist. They have <laughs> Willie gay and, uh, and, and then they have, um, uh, Bolton is their starting linebacker. He's more yeah. than just a guy. And they spent uh, last year a mid-round pick on a guy named Leo Chanel, and then they added Drew Tranquil as a free agent this year. So that gives them four guys that are capable of being starting linebackers on a defense that plays two linebackers most of the time. Maybe somebody there is getting going to get traded or cut because that's a lot of linebackers and a lot of salary. Uh, a lot of resources to a position that they don't need those four guys. So I'm curious what's going to happen there. So this is where Howie and his his staff, they, they study the league and they know who's got a roster surplus and they know the market isn't, isn't great right now. You know, there's just not a lot, lot out there. So maybe they know they could make a deal with the chiefs or maybe there's somebody else they feel is going to have an available linebacker in a trade. If the Chiefs want to give up Nick Bolton, I, I'd certainly put the call in if I were Howie Rose. He's a damn good player. Um, I don't think they would do that, but the one thing you do have to wonder about is th- these teams, you know, as, as they, they have to plan for the salary cap, you you sometimes you sit there and think, can we afford to keep them? You're almost, the, you're almost punished for having too many good players, right? Because you just can't keep them. Also, do you let them walk in free agency or do you trade them before you get to that point? No, so it'll be interesting that- to see what, what the Chiefs do. That's what's happened to the Eagles here. They've lost some good players because the salary cap just didn't allow them to keep the entire band together again. All right, here's one question I need your opinion on because I'm just a little scared. Not 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 mega scared, but I'm a little scared. It seems that people are just plugging Jurgens in at the right tackle, not only as the starter, but a starter who's going to be good and get the job done and maybe be more than just the guy like some say Isaac Sayamalo yeah. was. Well, he's playing between two Hall of Famers. Jeff. Okay, so if that's the case, Tommy, do we just go, all right, Jerkins, go ahead, you're in, and not even give it another thought? Or are we a little spoiled? Because uh, two years ago, the guy they repla- they drafted to replace Jason Kelsey was Dickerson. 
oh, shoot, maybe we got to use him a little bit at guard. Two years later, he's an all-pro guard, and the transition was seamless. Are we banking a little too much on that on Jurgens? Are we putting a little too much on the, well, if Jeff Stoutland says it'll work, of course it'll work because it's Stoutland University and he gets everything done. Is it, are we over-assuming to just say, well, you move uh, a guy who's played center his whole life to guard and he'll fit in seamlessly? I, there's risk in, in, in the move. There's no question. Anytime you, you put a player in a position he's never played before, and he's obviously, since he's come to the NFL, he's played it in practice a little bit, I'm sure. Uh, the Eagles firmly believe in moving guys around and having them ready at multiple positions. So uh, I'm sure he's done that at the NFL level. No, he's not done it in a game, and that's a huge difference. There's a risk always, and it's, it, it's football is a constant series of projections. Isaac Sayamalo, when they made him a starter in 2017, you know, he was awful against the Chiefs in 2017. Got benched, lost his job. You know, if you remember in 2018, he had a game against the Falcons where Grady Jarrett ate his lunch yeah, and was, was just terrible, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so, listen, Isaac Samalo is an above-average player. He's a good player, right? He was also, if we're being honest, he was the, the, the fifth of the five starting offensive linemen last year. That's not an insult to him. That just tells you how good Belotta, Johnson, Kelsey, and Dickerson were that he was the weakest of the bunch. He's still an above average player. So you're replacing the weakest player with a, a new player. Um, will, will Jurgens be as good as Sayamalo? In some ways he won't. There's going to be some things Sayamalo is better at. Sayamalo is fantastic on double teams and getting movement in the run game. I'm sure Jurgens is going to have some issues there because he's not played guard. He's not had to move double teams with a tackle. And so there, there's going to be some learning there. In terms of movement, blocking on a run, he's going to be better than Sayamalo because he's a better athlete. So there's going to be some give and some take. But listen, they projected Andre Diller to be their left tackle of the future a few years back, and he only started a handful of games at a left tackle and was a mediocre player in those games. So even with Jeff Diller, even with Jeff Stoutland, even with high picks, even with college pedigree, there's a risk in all moves, absolutely. Yeah, and, you know, you bring up a good point with Isaac, um, you know, bench for uh, Stephen Wisniewski, you know, sort of yo-yoing back and forth earlier in his career. You know, but that kind of, that's the point. You know, Jody knows I'd like to use, Jim Schwartz told me, startup costs with young players, startup costs. You're going to have a ramp-up period. They might be better two years down the road than what you have, but you're going to have some issues with younger players. Um, and that's, yeah. I mean, if you look at Isaac early in his career versus late, and I would argue, I would disagree with you, Tommy. He was the Eagles third best offensive lineman last year. He should have went to the pro bowl. Landon should have been the alternate long-term. I'd rather have Landon. Landon's going to be a great player. Jordan only because Jordan was hurt with the shoulder. And he would tell you himself, he didn't play like himself. Now, when it got to the playoffs, and he was healthier, he played like Jordan Mailata. So, you know, the end of the season, he was playing at, at a great level. But he would say he played terribly uh, mid, as he fought through that injury. He had a great season, Isaac Sayamalo. Um, part of it was playing next to Kelsey and playing in between Kelsey and Johnson. But those guys love him. Those guys swear by him. Stoutland swears by him. And all this, I say all this knowing the Eagles were going to lose him, 
But I think the assumption that Cam Jurgens is going to step in and play at that level right away, I think that is that is very, very unlikely, Tommy. What can I say? There's a risk every year. You know, there's a risk in bringing guys back. We see guys that decline, you know, so there's no guarantee from one year to the next that you're going to get the same level of play out of a person. So there's a risk in everything you do. So, you know, really, you know, when you're talking about building a roster, running a football team, it's about risk management. Sigamalo probably is going to be a good player for the next couple of years. You're right. He had the best football of his career in 2022. He was an outstanding right guard. Um, Jurgens is, I was supposed to say, Jurgens is going to be worse in some ways, better in some ways. Overall, it's going to be a step back, but I don't think it's going to be a significant step back. And again, part of the point is, you had to take that step back. You couldn't afford to bring back Sayamalo. So yeah, it's not a question there. of Sayamalo yeah. versus Jurgens. It's a question of $8 million versus $1 million. And well, if you, if you bring back Sayamalo, then you're like, okay, look, we can have him, but we can't have Darius Slay or we can't have James Bradbury. So, you know, it's, it's, all, it's, it just, it's, it's like when you're young and you're grocery shopping and you don't have much money in your hand. Yeah. Your hand. yeah. You know, you go into the store with, Twenty dollars. You say, "Well, I got to buy a case of beer, so that's ten bucks." <laughs> so, so then, no, I, I think you're I'm 100% eating, I'm not right. Steak. So, let, and, so let me let, let me go buy some fish sticks and a bottle of ketchup, and we'll have you know I'm covered. For ramen, the ramen noodles. Come on, Tommy. Yeah, if you got ramen. that case of beer, you gotta you gotta yeah. chase it down with some ramen noodles. No, I you, think you know what I'm saying, right? Exactly. I think oh, you're 100 yeah. percent right, Tommy. I was speaking more to the fans who thought he was just a guy, and that assumption. Not look. Isaac was one of the players how he knew he was going to lose. He was sure. one of those guys. So you're 100% right about why he's not back. But the assumption that he's going to be easy to replace, that's that's kind of what I'm talking about, at least short term, and more to the fans than you, because they think, you know, as soon as a guy leaves, oh, yeah, that's just a guy. We'll replace him. No hiccups. And that's why I bring up the Eric Wilsons of the world when I talk about T.J. Edwards, Jack Driscoll. You know, Jack was really solid playing at right guard in, in 2021, but he wasn't Isaac. Uh, he, you know, it was a difficult position he had to play because of injuries, all the movement. Um, you know, it, it's not as easy as I think most fans think. Yeah, you're exactly right, and 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 there's no question. Isaac's a good player. The Eagles lost a good player. You hate to do that, right? That that's part of the fun of the NFL, though, is the uncertainty. Because every now and then you lose a guy, you plug somebody in, and he turned out to be even better. That's where you find out you got a special player, you know. And we don't know if Jurgens is going to be that way. Jurgens could turn out to be the best uh, guard that we've seen. Well, that's true. Work with time. Landon. Landon was, you know, Landon struggled at right guard. Remember. It was uh, Brandon Brooks got hurt first and Landon had to play right guard and he wasn't very good early on at right guard. And then Isaac got hurt with the Liz Frank and they moved Landon to left guard and they put Jack Driscoll in at right guard and Landon really took off by the second half of the season. So, you know, maybe the same thing happens with Cam Jurgens. It's possible. Sure. Uh, it happened with Landon Dickerson. But then, right, like I said, we, we, we know there's going to be some guys that they projected as replacements, 
and we know that not all of them are going to work out. History tells you somebody's going to fall on their face, whether it's Reed Blankenship, whether it's Milton Williams, whether it's Cam Jurgens, whether it's running back, somebody's going to be disappointing. That's just yeah. reality, right? Yeah. I, Tommy, I did read in the uh, Dallas Morning News that with the addition of Stefan Gilmore, the Dallas Cowboys have the best duo of cornerbacks in the National Football League. Some people in Philadelphia might disagree. Uh, Diggs and Gilmore against Bradbury and Slay, which is the best corner duo? I'm going to go with Bradbury and Slay because I haven't seen Gilmore and Diggs play together once. That's true. And if we're talking about individual talent, well, Gilmore's got a great resume. There's no question. But let's see what he does in that defense. Let's see what he does on that team. And then we'll, we'll have that discussion. And if they're better, God bless them, we'll, we'll say, hey, they were there better. But we've seen Bradbury and Slay. We know the way they complement each other. We know they've looked in the scheme. They've played at a high level. And so for me, I'm going to stick with them. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's what makes football fun is, is seeing the changes of the rosters and getting ready to see these guys play for their new team. So uh, Dallas thinks they, they're, they're going to be a better team. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'm going to be interested to see what they do. Uh, at Lawler NFL, follow uh, Tommy there. Eagle Splits, I G G L E S Blitz.com. You can read them there. Scoutnotebook.com as well. Does a tremendous job. I'll continue down. That was interesting. I'll continue down the Cowboys route. To me, it's not about, okay, who's better? They're both really good. Both duos are really good. The Cowboys got better. That was a big problem for them last year, that second cornerback spot. And all of a sudden, you have uh, Gilmore with Trayvon Diggs. They get Brandon Cooks, who's traded for the 77th time, but he's still a good player. It's the weirdest thing in the world. The guy gets <laughs> traded all the time. But he's still a good player. All of a sudden, you have Brandon Cooks with uh, C.D. Lamb. It's only a week. It's only March 20th in free agency. Have the Cowboys closed the gap on the Eagles, Tommy? I think that's a fair thing to say in terms of the roster. I think the Cowboys have a fatal flaw, and that's Mike McCarthy, right? You know, he's talking about wanting to run the football, to work the clock, to rest his defense, and that's awesome if it's 1997. <laughs> you know, this is 2023. We just saw the you know, the Eagles play in a Super Bowl, and, and if you're, you know, he could say, well, listen, if the defense was rested, we don't give up 38 points to Kansas City. Well, they would have given up 31 or 28. They just wouldn't have scored 35 that the Eagles did. So I, I just think with Mike McCarthy there, you've got a bit of a fatal flaw. Now, they did cut, you know, Zeke Elliott. So I'm curious what they do at running back because Tony Pollard has not been a guy that you could feed the ball 300 times to. So they're going to make some move at running back. Maybe in the draft, it's a deep class. Maybe they bring Zeke back. There's been talk about that. So we'll see what they do there. But uh, listen, they've got a ton of talent. Dallas has talent every year. They, they really do they just always seem to have something that keeps them from taking that next step and winning the big games in the playoffs. And with Mike McCarthy as coach, I just, I, if I was a Cowboys fan, I wouldn't have a lot of confidence in that, especially when he's espousing ideas that are, that seem dated by today's standards. No, we've got uh, six weeks to go before the draft and surely we're going to have you back here with us uh, prior to the draft. But as of today, and again, same like the question I asked you before, we can rank the Eagles today and look at what questions they would have and see where the solutions are out there. Uh, the 10th pick in the draft is a potential problem solver, a guy who you have to believe is going to be of a level of talent that you can plug him in and play. 
but you also want to take the best available talent. And if it means sitting on a guy for the year, which the Eagles proved they would do just this past year with uh, their first three draft picks, all being guys that, yeah, we don't need to play them. When we need them, we'll need them. And then we'll plug them in and it's going to be year two. But uh, number 10 is higher than where the Eagles drafted last year. What do you think how he's looking at right now? Certainly has the right to change his mind over the next six weeks. Is it a player? Is it a positional thing? Assuming the Eagles stay at 10, which is a pretty big assumption because Howie loves to move. Uh, what, what do you think they're looking at with their first pick in the draft come six weeks from now? When you're in the top 10, you don't think position so much as, as player. You know, you want to find the best possible player because that player could be with you. You, you obviously see Lane Johnson's here and uh, been here for a decade and Fletcher Cox been here for more than a decade. Brandon Graham, those guys were all top 10 picks and they've been here for our top 15 picks. They've been here for a long time. So you don't want to think just about one year. I'm sure in their fantasy world, Peter Skaronsky, the offensive lineman for Northwestern, if he fell to pick 10, they would love that because they could draft him. He could be your right tackle of the future, or you could put him in a right guard should Jurgens get injured or have issues and he can play right guard. He's got that kind of capability. Uh, one of the guys that he favors, uh, compares favorably to, I think, is Zach Martin from Dallas. So uh, he's a guy that I think can be an outstanding offensive tackle. I think could be an outstanding offensive guard. Um, so I'm sure that's something they're interested in. The biggest mystery in the, for people in the draft world right now is Jalen Carter, the defensive lineman from Georgia. He is the player that, if you ask me a month ago, who is the one player I covet in the entire draft is Jalen Carter. No question. Go get him, plug him in as your defensive tackle. And he's a guy that has, he's the best player in the entire draft. With the Eagles at 10, I thought they had no chance to get him. Well, he was involved uh, in a situation where a teammate died in a fatal car crash. And it turns out that, that Jalen Carter was racing with him in, in his car left the scene of the, the incident and then was arrested by police later for his involvement in the situation. No serious charges, he's, no felonies, but something that's, you know, misdemeanor type stuff that he's going to have to deal with. He showed up at the combine, didn't work out at the combine. Then at his pro day, uh, showed up nine pounds overweight and then had a, uh, a bad showing in, in the positional drills. He did it, got so winded he couldn't finish them. So he has sent red flags to NFL teams of I am definitely not going to go in the top three or four, you know, but now you sit there and say, if you're the Eagles and he's on the board at 10, do you take him or is he showing you I can't be trusted and I'm not a player you should want. So that's one I, I guarantee you that how we sitting there thinking about him, uh, he's talking to all his draft people. I guarantee a big Dom is getting in on these talks. Yeah, that's where that's big Dom's job, baby. Absolutely. Well, Cause we know, certain things that are in the public, but big Don does that again, finds out what's, what's behind there. Cause they, they found out that he'd gotten out of other speeding tickets. I think he had been doing 89 and a 45 when a cop pulled him over once. Yeah. And you evidently that was a big problem with the whole team down there. So, you know, um, but, you know, but, those yeah. cops are Georgia They're going to be, the Eagles going to be counting on two guys out of that team to fill in big roles on their defense this year. Are you telling me that uh, Nicobe Dean and Jordan Davis did the speed limit while everybody else was doing triple digits down there in Athens? Yeah. Uh, listen, you don't need a team of choir boys, but you need – so Jordan Davis had a great workout at the combine. He did go to the combine and worked out and did things we've never seen before. So that's yes. part of it is he handled his business. 
you could see that's a professional football player. Jalen Carter has sent a message to teams that, you know, somebody um, put on Twitter that, are you going to ignore his game tape for the last three or four years and focus on what he's done the last month? And the way I said it was, you know, okay, if I've got a Harvard graduate who has a, you know, graduates with a 4.0 and it comes to a job interview drunk, am I going to hire that guy? Right. Yeah, he had a great college career, but he showed up for his job interview in an inappropriate fashion. I can't trust him. So with Jalen Carter, you got to make that call. Is what he did, does that make him untrustworthy? With N'Kobe Dean, N'Kobe passed every test possible. He just didn't have a great workout at the comics. He's not a great athlete. <laughs> and then he played well as a rookie when he got on the field. Uh, Jordan Davis was up and down as a rookie, but he had a great work out of the combine and did did well in the pre-draft process. So Jalen Carter had a great career. He just hasn't done well in the pre-draft process. So that's, listen, if he falls to 10, maybe the Eagles take him. And maybe he turns out to be a great player, right? But yeah. there are some concerns, and it, it makes for an interesting discussion. Tommy, great stuff. As always, we love having you on. Like I said, we're surely going to have you on at least once, if not twice, before the draft. Appreciate you jumping in with us today. Eaglesblitz.com. Check out his website. Always has good eagle insight and opinion. Thanks for sharing with us today. Great to talk to you guys and look forward to hope, having some more moves to talk about. Yes. Well, they're, they're we'll, probably gonna... we'll have plenty, Tommy. We'll have plenty. They're going to bring in a safety somewhere. Hmm. They're going to find a safety yeah, and a linebacker. Got to find a linebacker somewhere. Don't think it'll be this week. Couple things on what Tommy just wrapped up with. Uh, judging a guy by the biggest, worst day of his life and maybe the biggest mistake of his life. Yeah, Laramie Tunsil has been able to get over that. You'll remember 2016 with the draft mask fiasco that yeah. cost him how many slots in the draft that year. This weekend, he signed the biggest contract ever for a tackle in the National Football League, $25 million per. So you can get over. You make a major mistake. It can cost sure. you at the time. But then if your talent is what it is over time, you'll be able to put that in your rearview mirror. I'm not saying it's Jalen Carter. He might just be a bad dude who is not committed, just a physical freak that is never going to put the time and effort in. Surely Tunsil did. But there's also examples of guys who can get over get past having the worst day oh, of their life. Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing with the draft, Jody. There are two uh, categories that we don't know enough about, people outside the process. Uh, no matter how much research, no, how, uh, you don't know the medicals and you don't know the off-the-field stuff, uh, at least as well as the teams get to do it. And that's where Don DeSandro is a big part of this, and that's his job, and that's why He's the assistant uh, to Howie Roseman. One thing I will say about Howie, uh, and, and, and I believe him here, with all the experience, he's never drafting for need again. So forget about needs. Uh, he's going to draft the best player. Now, there's certain spots. He's not going to draft a quarterback. So if, if, if you know, the 10th best player on their board is a quarterback and it's their turn. They're not going to take a quarterback. So there are certain exceptions, but he, 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 he's, you know, he, he said pretty strongly in, in front of the camera, behind the camera that, look, he's gotten trouble uh, in the past when he's gone for need more than just who the best player is, just who the best player you believe in. And I, I don't think he's doing that anymore. I think he's learned from those mistakes. So um, whomever 
and we've seen it last year with Cam Jurgens. We saw it with Landon Dickerson the year before, second round picks, but very similar. Um, even to Kobe Dean in the third round, uh, where that's tremendous value when he fell. Um, he's not a need guy. Right. Um, uh, the, the best of all worlds is when you both fill a need and you take the best available player on the board. Sometimes those two things magically come together, like, oh, Devontae Smith just two years ago. The Eagles had a need at wide receiver and he was the best uh, available, and they moved up to get him because they knew they were uh, in a win-win situation. Getting in a player that would be the biggest value yeah, at that know, point. The, the and context, the though, the context, people forget the context. All right, the Eagles started at six, right? They went down to 12 that year, and they went back up to 10. Here's what happened. <laughs> they wanted J.C. Horn um, or Patrick Sertan. And they thought one of them would get to 12, which is the reason they went down. They actually like Jalen Waddle as well. And if they would have stayed at six, they probably would have taken Jalen Waddle. Um, they, they, they had this group of five players they wanted. Devontae was the fifth of those five players. All of them were off the board, and they were sitting there at 12 thinking the Giants were going to take them at 11. And that's why they went back up to 10. And it's worked out great. Um, again, contingencies <clears throat> with Howie Roseman. But it's interesting, you know, they wanted the corner that year. And then we would dispose of this other narrative, like the Eagles never take a corner in the first round. Oh, they want. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. They were, and they, they wanted one they, badly. They were to exactly yeah. right. So, you know, a lot of these narratives get, you know, lost in the context and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, that was an interesting year. And it worked out. It worked out. And oh, by the way. When you're coming off a four, eleven, and one season, guess what? You got a lot of needs. You got you got holes that you need to plug immediately. And they added it both corner and wide receiver. So they had some flexibility, but you're right, four out of the five had come off the board and they said, We better make sure we get the fifth. That's why they moved back up to get Devontae Smith. I John McMahon, I'm Jenny McDonald. I do want to continue the conversation about uh, the main competition in the division. Sorry to you, Giants and Redskin fans are uh, Commander fans out there, Cowboys are still the number one competitor to the Eagles. And I think they added two good players this weekend at minimal cost. There are two different types of costs. One is salary. The other one is draft capital if you got to trade for them. 
and the Cowboys had to trade for two guys, but they got two pretty darn good, talented veteran players who I think should help them. I want to go a little bit further with that with Johnny Mac next. Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac here with you on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Is the best vacation one that you find? Or one you get lost in? One that takes you to new heights? Or reminds you to go with the flow? To get your feet wet and your wheels spinning. One that lets you find your own rhythm or get carried away. Find the best of yourself. Get lost in the woods. Plan your stay in the wild woods today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Johnny Mac and Johnny Mac doing on birds 365, uh, our number two rolling along. We'll have Russell Baxter from Pro Football Guru uh, joining us coming up in uh, less than 15 minutes from now. Uh, John, I, I mentioned the Cowboys before we went to the break. Uh, everybody signing free agents, Eagles with uh, some subtractions because of free agency, some key retentions in free agency, and the Darius Slate thing, getting this an extension done with him, also very much a key. Cowboys didn't go heavy on free agency. They, they kept uh, Vander Esch, which I thought was a 
bit of a key move. I think he's a really good player. He's an injury guy that you got to factor in. He's going to miss some time for you, but uh, I still think he's a darn good player. And I thought that was a good re-sign, but they haven't been active in picking up other teams' free agents. And they moved away from Zeke Elliott. That'll be interesting to see how it plays itself out. But they did get two very good established NFL veterans that I think still have something left in the tank in Stephon Gilmore from the Colts and Brandon Cooks from the uh, Houston Texans, both of which they got for a fair price. And with Cooks, uh, they're getting some salary cap relief because uh, Houston was so uh, motivated to move him that they're going to eat $6 million of his salary this upcoming year. Uh, They only had to give up a fifth and a sixth to get two pretty damn well-established starters in the National Football League. Uh, that That's not bad business out of the Jones boys down there in Dallas. Um, did did other teams miss out on acquiring these guys? Why do you think they ended up in Dallas rather than elsewhere? Um, hey, you know, I'm in the F them picks category when it comes to good veteran players, and you're talking about day three picks. I really am. I'm like, I don't give a flying hooch about day three picks if i can you know i i we, i talked about it with tommy with you know step on gilmore it's not about who's best they had a disaster when when uh their second cornerback got injured last year it was a disaster in dallas and now all of a sudden you have trayvon diggs and step on gilmore now maybe they're not as good as bradbury and slay but they're going to be damn good that's going to be a top five tandem if mm-hmm. uh if, if they stay healthy for the whole season, same thing with um, losing Amari Cooper. And all of a sudden you didn't have that secondary guy to CD lamb. And now you have it with Brandon cooks who for whatever reason gets traded so much, but he's still a good productive player. Um, they got better. They got better. And if you sit here and again, it is what it is March 20th, but I say Eagles, 49ers, Cowboys, Maybe Detroit as my top four in the NFC now, because I think Detroit's trending in a positive direction. Minnesota's probably negative direction. Um, the Cowboys are are they have a chance, and and if you have a chance, when I say f them picks, I should add that caveat. When you have a chance, you should f them picks. Now, if you're rebuilding, no, keep the picks. Take the lottery ticket, even on day three. But if you're a contender, and again, this is not the NFC, uh, the AFC. This is the NFC. Right. If you're a contender, yeah, F them picks. I'll ask you this. I don't consider the C.J. Gardner-Johnson trade a bad one for the Eagles, even though they lost it. They gave up a damn fifth and a sixth, and they got that season – from C.J. Gardner-Johnson, and by the way, they'll get a compensatory pick. It'll probably only be a, a five or six. But So they get a six. Say it's a six. They get a six-round pick. They got a seventh-round pick. And the year they got from C.J. Gardner-Johnson for a five and a six. I think that's a success. Did they, uh, they got New Orleans at seventh. Was that part of the deal? I'm forgetting exactly. What yes, the they got a, it's not, it's not till 2025, but they got a 2025 okay. seventh yeah, round. They got to wait for it a little uh, bit. Um, okay. Yeah. That, yeah. What Was it a worthwhile deal in 2020 hindsight? Knowing he up and left after only one year? 
Yeah, damn straight it was. He played well enough to help you get to the Super Bowl this past year. Yeah, I, I make that trade every every day and, and twice on Sunday. So, yeah, Howie Roseman got the better of that. All right, one other reference I want to make uh, from for the Cowboys. Um, because I like what they did. I think they added two very solid, established players for minimal cost. So they have closed the gap a little bit between themselves and the Eagles. Uh, my buddy, Peter King, uh, his Monday morning column, must read for any kind of football fan out there. He did his ranking of the first week of free agency. It's the most important week of movement in the National Football League. Not the most important week, but just changing of players, free agency, Monday to Monday. And he ranked the teams in the National Football League, much to my partner, John McMullen's chagrin. He likes what uh, the Chicago Bears have done. Uh, his embattled GM, as per my buddy, John McMullen, has had a pretty good week. Now he had cap room like no $90 million. Uh, yeah, a lot, of, he had a lot of cards to play with, but I think he played them well, and I agree with Peter King on that. Uh, they did win the week, but he ranked all the teams one through 15, and then he lumped everybody else in 16 to 32. He ranked the Eagles as the 12th best, which isn't great when you go one to 15, but if you go one to 32, 12th is not terrible. And we knew the Eagles were up against it because they had a lot of free agents and only so much cap room to deal with. So he had them 12. He had Dallas 14. So even with the two additions that I like the Cowboys made, he still ranked the Eagles ahead of the Cowboys for their offseason moves. He ranked the Commanders seventh. What the hell did Jacoby Brissett? Really? That That's the answer? I know uh, one guy will disagree with him is Ed Kratz because he thinks Sam Howell's going to step in and take over that job and lead the Commanders to high heights. Not a Sam Howell fan. Uh, but Washington's done nothing, and they still got the whole Snyder mess to, to figure out. I don't get that for a little bit. If you're looking at the three teams, oh, by the Giants, oh, by the way, you had the Giants in the everybody else category somewhere from 16 to 32. You really think the Commanders have had the best offseason in the NFC East, J-Mac? Uh, what have they done? Yeah. Other than getting rid of uh, Daniel Snyder, potentially, which would... You know, oh, if, and, if, and Carson Wentz, and and Carson, more so Daniel Snyder. I don't, I don't want to pile on Carson, but yeah, I mean, look, if they get rid of Daniel Snyder, I think yeah, then it's a, a productive off season. I don't know if that's where Peter was going, but if if that's where he's going, I agree with that. I don't know what they've done much from a personnel standpoint. Deron Payne, I mean, that's a good get back, right? Um, true, good extension. Um, that 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 perspective. You know, the shell game, like I said, I think Peter fell for the shell game in Chicago. I mean, that's hanky in people. Well, you're so bad, you got to go up. Yeah, they're going to be better, but that's the shell game. You know, you got all these assets, but you already made mistakes. You don't allocate that much to all, all linebackers, especially when you traded. They traded a better linebacker than the two linebackers they spent $100 million on, Jody. They traded Roquan Smith. Um, and, and they got back Tremaine and TJ Edwards, who I Edmonds, Tremaine Edmonds and TJ, who I love as a player. But let's be honest, Roquan Smith is, um, you know, that's a really good player. So, I mean, you, he you, felt, don't, you don't think there's a close comparison between Edmonds and Smith? No, no. Uh, yeah, maybe he's a better fit for Eberflus, 
you know, because he's more of an athletic guy. He's more of a coverage guy, Edmonds. Um, but I'd rather have Roquan. But, you know, they're playing a different style of defense. So maybe he's a better fit stylistically, we always talk about. I can buy into that. But as a whole, yeah, I mean, I yeah, they're playing the shell game that I don't I don't like. And of course they're gonna get better because they have to get better. They have to get better. They hit rock bottom. So I I'm not as impressed as Peter is with 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 them. I think I would put and I don't know where he has them, and and I add CJ into this. I think the Lions, man. I would put the Lions number. The Lions are going to be a contender next year. Lions, so, Lions were one of his top ten. I don't think it was top five, but I think it was somewhere in the top ten. They're going to be a contender. They've remade that secondary. It's not only Gardner Johnson. That was one of their issues. They signed Cam Sutton from Pittsburgh. They signed the kid from uh, San Francisco. I forget his name. They've remade that entire secondary, and that was one of their big problems. Um, they're good offensively. Like I said, Minnesota's taking a step back. Green Bay's taking a step back. Um, obviously, they're going to lose Aaron Rodgers whenever that happens. Um, Chicago's got to be better, but they're not going to be good. They're going to win that division. Uh, they're going to they're going to be uh, a contender at least on the NFC side. Yeah, I, I think you're being harsh on Chicago because from where they started have a one-year major step back, and they surely did. They were the worst team in the National Football League. They got the number one pick. They inherited a bad team with a bad roster that was bad record-wise. If you got to take one year stepping back and you take a pretty damn good step forward. Now, do I think they're going to go 10-7 and and make the playoffs as a wild card? I'm not going to get that crazy, although I am damn close to being that big a uh, Justin Fields fan that maybe he could just pull that off. But if they get eight wins, if they get back up to eight and nine and they're hovering around 500, that's a pretty good step as long as they take the next step thereafter. I I do agree with Peter King. It's nice to have good cards and be able to play them. Uh, and I think Ryan Pauls has done just that. But he's the guy who got himself those good cards by creating that cap space with the deals that he made. And the thing about Volkan—it's—I I hate to pick on them. I have nothing against the Bears. People think I don't like the Bears. I could care less about the Bears. I don't like them. I don't dislike them. It's just such a jumbled mismatch. I think they hired the wrong coach for the quarterback. I think they didn't get an offensive coordinator to help the quarterback. I think, you know, you trade one of the best linebackers in football, and then you spend a hundred million dollars to get another linebacker. It's just, it doesn't make sense. I always say about the Eagles, Jody, their decisions, right or wrong, make sense. Their decisions in Chicago, this is why I dislike the organization. They don't make sense to me. If you have a young quarterback, I want an offensive bind, cultivating him, cultivating him, making him better, getting him better. Now, you can go about it in different ways. You can hire a defensive head coach, but then you you better have a really strong uh, uh, quarterback coach, offensive coordinator. And I, uh, to be honest, I'd prefer a head coach. But, and again, I go back to Luke Getze. He's he's the caddy for, for Nathaniel Hackett, who I have no respect for. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. He does, you know, get the hell out of his way. And that's what they brought to Justin Fields. And they had, and I saw that offense last year. 
And this is not a criticism of Justin Fields. It wasn't an offense. It was a Buddy Ryan offense. It was, we got no idea what we're doing. Go make a play. And to his credit, he made a lot of plays. He's got tremendous talent. I'm not saying that. I think the organization makes bad decisions. And that's where I always say the Eagles make good decisions. They don't always work out, but they make you understand the thought process behind the decisions. I don't understand Chicago's decisions. Yeah, I do. And I think trading a guy like Roquan Smith is a, a perfect example. You replace him with a very similar linebacker. You think Roquan Smith is that much better than Edmonds? I don't. I think they're two of the best 10 linebackers in the NFL. And oh, by the way, you get all that draft capital for trading him. Yeah, you take a cap hit this past year because you're trading off a guy who was under contract still on his first contract, so it's not a massive cap hit, but it's a cap tip trading him in the middle of a contract. You replace him with as good a player for the same money, and oh, by the way, you get the draft capital on top of it as well. I think that's a pretty deft move by the general manager of the Chicago Bears. All right, he's McMullen. I'm McDonald. We are Mac and Mac Birds 365. We'll take a little bit of a step back from the Eagles' perspective. Oh, yeah, we're going to ask our next guest about the Eagles. We're going to ask him about everything that goes on in the NFL. One of the best chroniclers of moves in the National Football League for the last several decades, Russell Baxter, ProFootballGuru.com, going to jump on with us next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes, go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean, visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Heading down the shore. Have a ball once more. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. You got your Mega Mac guys here on Bird Street. Thanks for streaming in with us. We appreciate our guests streaming in as well. I've been talking football with this guy for over 30 years. Uh, I think one of the best writers and opinion generators in the NFL and has been for a long time doing it these days at backfootballguru.com and a very good follow on Twitter at backs. Uh, football guru. I love the nuggets that he puts up daily on uh, the NFL. Russell Baxter joins us here on Birds 365. Russell, it's been a minute. How you been, bud? It has been a minute. Uh, technical difficulties aside from the last time I was coming on. So I'm not going to jinx it. I'm not going to say anything else. It's good to see both of you. You already have. Yeah, and it, that, that, that horse is out of the park, buddy. <laughs> now that you find there, you know your signal's going down in the next three Oh, a- absolutely. Uh, uh, it's it's uh, un- it's unbelievable. Good to see you, John. It's unbelievable. It's already been past a month since the Super Bowl. And yeah, how course, about that? Time flies, man. Yeah, 38 it, it, days until the draft. I love your little and I, I love where you go. And you went you went Bob Tucker on me and you want uh who else? George Arnie Rogers, Hedlund? I think. Uh yeah, George Rogers. I think yep. was uh, I love that. Well, uh, we try to I try to be as thorough as possible because um, you know, one of the things I'm not gonna get on a soapbox. Uh, one of the things I think we forget to do, not everybody in the media, is we forget to teach. And there's so much good history out there. There's so oh, many, yeah. so many hot takes. I'm going to go with the colder takes, you know, from like uh, 100 years ago and so on and try to mix it up. And, you know, one of the new things I have on Facebook is called Football Past and Present. So we give you everything that's going on in free agency, but we also look back and you know, guys like Clark Judge and Rick Goslin have stuff on my Facebook page. And, um, you know, I, we all follow each other on Twitter. And, uh, you know, Jody knows I, I've been going out to the Pro Football Hall of Fame induction since 1989. Um, already booked my hotel. I'm, I'm ready to go. It's, you know, pack up the family truckster and here we go. Um, <laughs> it's such a it's such a great if you've never been there for the weekend. I think both of you probably have. Yeah, um, it's such a it's such a great time. Uh, see old friends and me fortunately doing what I've done for so long I get to see a lot of guys who I work with who have been inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame Derek Brooks Michael Irvin Emmett Smith um, and of course Chris Berman hosts the ceremonies now and it's been doing it for a long time so it's always good to see him and Morton it's it, it's it's a Russian nostalgia the first year I went was 1989 the ceremony was still on the steps it was uh Saturday morning at 11 o'clock, the Hall of Fame game was at 2.30. The first class I saw, I was really lucky. I got to see Terry Bradshaw's wild, emotional speech where he wanted to put his hands under Mike Webster's butt one more time. <laughs> that was also Art Shell, Willie Wood, and Mel Blunt. And wow. I met a guy named Joe Horrigan, who has since retired, yeah. but I know you know Joe and so Joe. on, and, and get to see him. It, it's, just a, it's just such a great nostalgia it's a lot of fun. It never changes. Uh, but it, it, if there are changes, it's changes for the good. And I think, in the, you know, this year and uh, last year, the fact that they expanded the seniors committee to get three people, three seniors in instead of one, 
is a big positive, and hopefully they go forward with that so we can get this back. Yeah, it's a big year for Jody uh, Russell because we got two Jets going mm-hmm. in this year. Joe Klecko, uh one of the senior candidates, Darrell Rivas. So big, big year for Jody in the Pro Football Hall. Oh, absolutely. Ken Riley is one of the senior Riley, members. Yeah. And, of course, Chuck Howley, who remains the only Super Bowl MVP on a losing team. And How about that? Yeah, those are the kind of nuggets days, you get from Russell. I love it. I back, love the history of this game. Back in those days, I was actually a Cowboy fan. So, yeah, these are guys that I truly appreciated and uh, rooted for that are going in this year. So, uh, Russell, have a great time <laughs> in August. All right, um, jettisoning forward to 2023. Just before we punch you up, Jen and I were uh, discussing – uh, a friend of yours, mine, uh, anybody who is a National Football League fan over the last 25 years, Peter King had his Monday morning column up today, and he rated the teams for the first week of free agency. Winning the first week guarantees you nothing. It's better than guarantees losing the first you're not week. winning the Super Bowl, pretty <laughs> it, much. It, you win it, in yeah. March, you're not winning in February. Well, not, for a long time, Washington was a, a uh, free agency dynasty. Um, but I won't mention the fact that they haven't even been to the NFC title game since 1991. Ouch. Yeah. Shot on goal. That just kind of slipped out. Sorry. Uh, Yeah. I hear you. Um, (laughs) but, but it's, it's fun to debate. It's fun. And sometimes you win free agent and it doesn't, it takes two years and then you see the effects thereof and the team can make a uh, lengthy playoff run and maybe even a Super Bowl appearance. Who do you think won the first week of free agency? Well, one of the things I always look at with free agency is less is more. Less is more. And that's why I loved Philadelphia's offseason last year. You know, um, they made very few moves. They got Hassan Reddick. They traded for A.J. Brown. Uh, a lot of times I see, and I'm, I didn't see Peter's column, but you'll see people write stuff. The team that Basically, the team that signed the most players won free agency. Well, it really doesn't work like that because we know in all sports – I mean, I'm not the biggest baseball aficionado because I don't study it like I do football. But I remember for years, the Baltimore Orioles were always winning the offseason in baseball. And it didn't necessarily work that way when it got on the field. And uh, I see teams that are doing less again, but being more proficient. Now, Chicago had the most cap room coming in and they've addressed so many things. Then again, they also have a 10-game losing streak coming into the season. Uh, they hired a defensive guy in Matt Eberfuss last year, and I believe they gave up the most points in the league. So that's a team beset, that's a team beset uh, with problems. By the way, thank you for bringing that up, Russell, because Jody and I disagree on Chicago. Jody's a big Justin Fields guy. I like Justin Fields as well. Yes. But, but if you have a young quarterback, wouldn't would, wouldn't it wouldn't it make sense to go get an offensive guy to cultivate that young quarterback? Nothing against Matt Eberflus. Right. Um it, it their decisions don't make sense to me. So when they go out and they have a bunch of money, you have to get better, right? You have the number one pick in the draft, they traded out, but they were the worst team in football. So to me, it's it's sort of it, it's fixed. It's almost a fixed game. They have to get better. They have to get better because they can't get any worse, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're making good decisions like spending $92 million mm-hmm. on all fall linebackers in the 2023 NFL. 
Yeah, uh, I, I agree with what you're saying here. And now they must make hay with their draft choices in order to get him some young offensive talent to surround him with. Now, I know they brought in uh, – uh, it's funny. I thought that the guys they brought in uh, as of late, especially Robert Tanyan. Now, I know they already have Cole Komet, but that two tight end thing, especially in today's league where you have so many people – and you have so many linebackers trying to get after the quarterback. And, you know, I, I'm not going to do a, a whole thing on coverage skills, but tight ends against certain defenses already opened things up. And Tanya was – I was surprised Green Bay – I know he only signed a one-year deal with the Bears, but it kind of shows you what's going on with the Green Bay Packers right now too. They, they seem to be – they opened up all this cap room, yeah. Cody and, and John, and they really haven't brought anybody in, I think, except a long snapper. OK, so the team that intrigues me and I know it's a team that finished strong last year is Detroit. Um, oh, yeah. They've signed, they've my signed, yeah, they've signed five free agents. They just brought in uh, Chauncey Gardner, um, just some of the other moves and some of the guys they have also retained. They have a, a, a very interesting, productive defensive end, John Kaminsky who I thought would be a guy who would get on the open market, get some bids, but they made sure he didn't get away. There's, I mean, there's a lot of optimism in that town. They had their first winning season since 2017. I know, again, I'll go back to 1991. That's the last time the Lions won a playoff game when they beat the Cowboys that year and got to the NFC title game. But Detroit's made like five additions, and I think all solid additions for a team that finished strong and – even with nothing to play for, went into Lambeau Field and knocked the Packers out of the playoffs. Oh, by the way, uh, we talked about this again right before you jumped in. We had our buddy Tommy Lawler from Eagles Blitz on. He mentioned if Jalen Carter were to fall down to number 10 at the Eagles, the Eagles might be willing to look past the very bad week prior to the combine that he had. He's never getting a 10. Because if he gets to nine, the Chicago Bears will take him. Write it down. Jody McDonald said Matt Eberflus is not going to let that talent get past number nine. So if you're banking on Eagles getting lucky and think Card's going to fall to 10, how he's going to have to move up to do so, which we mm -hmm. saw him do just a couple of years ago. John and I talked about it earlier in the show as well. When he had to get Devontae Smith, he got aggressive and moved up. Don't know if they would look to do that uh, for Jalen Carter, but uh, write it down. The Bears will get him if he comes down to nine. I think he isn't even going to get down as far as not. Well, kind of put the bow on free agency. To me, if you're using free agency to rebuild your team, you're already in trouble. You really yeah. have to have a solid core to go on, draft well, keep those guys for three or four years. Um, and, and again, across all sports, if you're, if you're just using veterans and spending a lot of money and that's how you're going to fix your team, um, you, might, you might sneak one in there do a few trades, and then you become the Los Angeles Rams right now who are on the fence apparently with Matthew Stafford. They lost Von Miller to big money last year. Um, they traded away Jalen Ramsey. Um, this team, uh, they became the first Super Bowl champion with, um, to lose a dozen games the following year. Yeah. They went but from Russell. They went from F them picks to we better get some picks back. They right. And back. and by the way, they're now a trivia. Who was the last first round pick of the Rams? It's Jared Goff, 2016. Wow, How about that. It's yeah. been that long. Holy yeah, I mean, macro. who does that remind you guys? Will know who does that remind? That's got Bobby Bethard written all yeah, over. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
Different I, I era. Was, I, but, now yeah. you'll appreciate this, Mister History. I thought you were going back all the way to George Allen with yeah. the Redskins when he used right. to trade every draft pick he ever yeah. got for a veteran yep. play. Just they didn't draft anybody. They'd have drafts where they pick one guy. And um, Bobby had a little hand in that too. You know, in the latter years with Redskins, and he, and he certainly did that with. Uh, I think the Chargers. Every year he would give up the first round pick and draft somebody pretty good in the second round. Okay, but again. Some people like to trade out and so on, but the Rams, 2000, I mean, Seattle had a little streak there for a while. And then, yeah, Seattle, so on. yeah, they won. Um, so. Maybe, the, maybe the NFC West teams just don't like the first round. Maybe it's too early for them to get up or whatever. So, all right. So, Russell, let me ask you this Do you not like what the Cowboys did the last couple of days, getting Stefan Gilmore for a five and uh, Brandon Cooks for a six? That's trading picks f them picks for guys going to step in and help us and win but there's a price to pay down the line uh do you not like what the cowboys did i don't dislike what the cowboys did by the way i i, I keep on want to double check this i don't think brandon cooks has ever been a free agent now he's been traded four times it's yeah. amazing right. i think he should when whenever brandon cooks retires russell Yes, he should sign a one-day contract with four different teams, <laughs> and they can, they can all he, trade uh, back and forth. I think he should orchestrate a deal with the New York Stock Exchange because I've never seen anyone do much more trading yeah. with one thing than than Brandon. I mean, he's always that. getting, and yet he's at he's a, a good player. St- he's a good player. He's not a great career. player. Good player. It's you know, weird. if I remember right, he was in the Super Bowl against the Eagles for the Patriots when yes. he got hurt. Yeah, and so, but he's always been a good player. But again, it's you remember for years, Anquan Bolden couldn't hit free agency. He was getting dealt a couple yeah. times, and I think he ended his career. Finally, wound up as a free agent and so on after being in the league 10, 10 years. No, I don't. I like Stefan Gilmore. It's amazing how a guy who was defensive player of the year three or four years ago has now all of a sudden hit the free agent circuit, and it's been all over the place. Although again, this was another trade. But listen, the Cowboys have to build on consecutive 12-win seasons. I mean, it's the first time they've been in the playoffs in consecutive years since 2006 and 07. You know, one was the Tony Romo flop, and the other one is when they lost to the the, the wildcard Giants who beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. So they haven't strung together a lot of playoff streaks in terms of getting there. They just, I guess they just need to avoid the 49ers if they get in the playoffs this year. That's a problem for them. All right. Uh, History oh, question. Way, I Brent, wanna I want yeah, go ahead, Jody. Sorry. I just so let me add this and then you can ask your question, John. Brandon Cooks, nine years in the league, thousand yards six times. Yeah. yeah. And really Eagle, Eagle fans can remember this past year with uh two thousand yard receivers. Before that, it'd been like a decade since they had a thousand yard wide receiver. So a thousand yard wide receiver, even in seventeen game season, is a pretty good accomplishment. He's done it six out of nine years. I have no idea why he's been traded four times. Just doesn't make any sense. Uh, I I want to delve into history with you, Russell, because I'm going to ask you this question. You know, back in the seventies when he had these great teams, he we mentioned George Allen a little bit even further back, but. You know the Steelers with 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 Chuck Knox and and Miami and and Oakland and even in the NFC you had Dallas Minnesota uh, with Bud Grant who just passed away unfortunately uh, the LA Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, back then you could get this core together and you'd have it together for ten years, versus now where you have free agency you have this constant upheaval. Is it more difficult to 
sustained success now than it was back then, do you think? I it, It's not even a question. It definitely is. I mean, that's why we haven't seen a repeat champion, and it's going on 20 years. The 2003-04 Patriots were the last team to win back-to-back Super Bowls. Um, and that's why I love I, – when people ask me who's the greatest coach of all time, I say Belichick for that reason, because he did it in this era. Yes. Where it's constant – you know, turnover each year. I, I, it's funny you said that when people ask me who the greatest team of all time is, I say the 70 Steelers. And I say it for this reason. They won back-to-back Super Bowls playing old school football. The league changed the rules in 1978 to open up the passing game. Okay. Um, A lot of different rules changed and so on. Less contact after five yards, extending your arms for pass blocking, except, Guess who won the Super Bowl with new rules the first two years? The Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Okay. Now, greatest dynasty, it's, it's got to be the Patriots because of what they've been able to accomplish for 20 years. Okay. There's only ever been one team to have 20 consecutive winning seasons, and that was the Cowboys from 66 to 85. The Patriots did it 19 straight years and would, were to a hell of a lot more Super Bowls than the Cowboys were. And they've done it so many different ways. Um, you know, it, the funniest thing is when the Patriots have had team that scored a whole boatload of points, they haven't won the Super Bowl. But this was a team in 2001, and I've heard Eric Mangini repeat this as well. They scored three offensive touchdowns in three postseason games and walked away with a Lombardi trophy. Their defense and special teams had three touchdowns. Okay, I mean, you think about, oh, it was all plays. I, I always made the case if, if Adam Vinatieri would have kicked one more field goal in the Super Bowl, he would have been Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. But, John, you're spot on. It is hard to, to sustain. And you, and, and you just watch now. I just wrote a piece about the Buccaneers, who are now in flux. Okay, Cameron Brait was cut. Donovan uh, uh, Smith was cut. Um Leonard Fournette was cut. Brady retired. They fired Byron Leftwich. The Rams just won the Super Bowl. Look at all the changes that's going on with yeah. them. It yeah. is hard to sustain. And yet, back when we were watching football in the 70s, I bet most football fans who follow their teams could name the offensive and defensive starting lineups. Yeah, they never changed yep. uh, for, for at least a decade. Mm-hmm. When you got that core group together, and those teams were, you know, there were so many great teams. Yeah in that era that couldn't get past the Steelers or, you know, because they're, you know, they were, yeah, I agree. Well, ponder, John, ponder the Minnesota Vikings who now have their share of people in the hall of fame. Um, And hopefully Jim Marshall gets in there one day and so on. But, you know, they amazing. He's not in by the way. Yeah, it is. And he's one of my omissions when I do my my pieces and so on. But um, think about this. When they played the chiefs in the Super Bowl. No team in the AFL history had won more games than the Chiefs. Yeah. Okay. So then they wind up playing Miami. They played Miami in 73s. People will tell you that the 73 Dolphins were better as a football team than the 72 undefeated Dolphins because they were more mature and they were more dominant. All right. So, you know, Miami started. Then they run into the start of the Steelers dynasty in the Super Bowl. (laughs) Okay. Oh, God. Well, then they get a break for two years. And they run into the other most frustrated team of the decade, the Oakland Raiders, who absolutely smacked them around. So, I mean, they they faced four of the great teams of their eras in those four Super Bowls. 
And it's no wonder that the Vikings have played in four Super Bowls and never scored a point in the first half in any of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, that uh, was, yeah. You know, and I, I say the same thing with Marv Levy and Buffalo. I would yeah. say with Bud, because uh, I got to know Bud. I covered the Vikings for a while. Um, you, just one of the great coaches of all time. Mm-hmm. Won an NBA champion. Think about that. He was about wow. two time champion with the Minneapolis Lakers, but um, just, just a great story. And he just passed away well over 90. Um, so, uh, you know, I was there when Bud got inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It was still at the steps, by the way. And he was um, a former Eagle, a, by the way, as well, for those. And a CFL, CFL yeah. I was going to say, for those yeah. of you north of the border, won great cups yeah, up four, there in the four, CFL. Four great cups, um, which well, obviously doesn't matter as much. But, uh, well, yeah, Marv Levy as well. In a lot yeah. of ways, Russell, going to that many straight Super Bowls was more impressive than winning one, I always thought. I don't ar- I don't argue with that. The, the fact that they're still the only team to do it, yeah, should tell you something. And I know things seem to get worse every which way, and so on. But isn't it interesting? You know, people who who, who, who kind of keep an eye on the Hall of Fame and they always talk about team accomplishments, et cetera, et cetera, and so on. You know, Bud Grant and Marv Levy were both zero and four in Super Bowls, yeah. and yet are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah. And uh, that's why I think Dan Reeves will be in one day who has a resume, not only as a coach, but a player. Okay. I mean, I'm, you know, I think Dan Reeves has participated one way and the other in nine Super Bowls. Okay. Magnificent record, obviously took two different franchises to a Super Bowl and that's not even including uh, his playing career, but um, yeah, it's just such a did John, you meant it's funny. You mentioned off the top and, and about the Steelers and the Raiders and the Dolphins and the Rams and the Vikings and the Cowboys. And the 1970s, they were basically the six teams. There'd be an outlier every once in a while, yeah. maybe Denver. It's like uh, Jim you know, Hart Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for two, who won the NFC yeah. East in 1975 yeah. and so on. But those, I think those are the teams with the six best records. And I believe off the top of my head, those six franchises, now the Rams didn't win one, the Vikings didn't win one. But I think they were nine of the 10 Super Bowl champions in the 1970s. Uh, Miami won two, Oakland won one, Pittsburgh won four, the Cowboys won two, and yeah. Baltimore in 1970 was kind of the outlier. Yeah. Then. So now you, you look across the board and how many teams have won their first Super Bowl title since free agency started. It's a, it's a whole new beast. 70, the Jim O'Brien field goal? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would have yep. been, been Steelers. Four Cowboys, three. If the Cowboys had won that one, you could have the argument. You really can't steal. Well, here, here's two that. interesting facts about that. Probably the best throw in Super Bowl five was Bob Lilly's helmet in the air <laughs> after they lost the game. Okay, and how's this for a stat? There have been 57 Super Bowl champions who have combined to turn over the ball only 64 times in the 57 Super Bowls. Okay. By the way, the losers have turned over the ball 164 times. There we go. And I go back to the 70s Colts. It's amazing you know that right off the top of your head. Uh, Lack of a social life will do it for you every time. (laughs) (laughs) But the 70s Colts, in the game, what they called the Blunder Bowl, Super Bowl V, the Colts had seven turnovers in Super Bowl V and won the game. So they were a Super Bowl champion with seven turnovers. Wow. The other 56. Super Bowl champions had 57 turnovers. 
Wow, that is. That's, that's how the game stat. was played back then. Dallas had four turnovers in that game. There were, that was a very, very sloppy game. Very hard hitting. Mike Curtis and I, we talk about Chuck Howley, who was the MVP of the game, which was only fitting considering how it was. Uh, John Mackey caught a deflected seventy-five yard touchdown pass. It was just an odd football game, but it, it, it is what it is. You mentioned the Lily helmet throw. What game was it? Super Bowl or not? He had like the greatest sack ever. Why do I think the next against, year? The, the next, next year against, against Crosby, right? Twenty-nine yards. Twenty-nine yard sack for uh, uh, Mr. Landry. Yes, I do remember that one back in the days. I was a Cowboy fan forty years ago. All right, last thing, Russell. I haven't worked with you as uh, often as I have. No, you dedicate yourself when the draft comes around to uh, evaluating, scouting, breaking down film of draft picks. First week of free agency, you're like us, right in the middle of the NFL. But then you got to turn a page at some point and start saying, all right, we got a month to get ready before we're going to add some collegiate talent. When do you start really, truly putting your opinions together for the draft? We'll surely have, uh, surely have you back on again before the draft, but have you already started the process? Well, to a degree. Um, you know, I have other things going on in life where I don't get to spend as much time as I do. Um, and now things are different. It used to be after the season was over, you really kind of delved into the draft because there was no free agency. Jody, the first time, but well, the first time I was on the air with you was 1988. We were still five years away from free agency. <laughs> yeah. So um, it, it to is to a little plan, plan B free agency. Plan for, B. Oh, I know. Yeah. which turned out to be plan Z uh, <laughs> for, for, for a lot of people and so on. Yeah. And then of course, in 92, the court cases and all that in 93, we finally had, uh, real, real free agency, as as you would call it, and so on. But as you get a little closer, and listen, I I read a lot of different stuff from the guys who do uh, great work. Obviously, Mel, who I've known for a long time, and Todd McShay, and and uh, Lance Zerline is a guy that I used to do radio with down in Houston. And when the NFL the NFL had a short lived NFL magazine, in which I wrote for, and re, and asked. They were looking for a draft person, and I suggested Lance. And, you know, not I'm not patting myself on the back, but the NFL, NFL.com wind up hiring Lance. Yeah, still doing it, right? They're a guy, but he, I used to do radio with him and John Granado down in Houston, even before the Texans were around and so on. He's a, he's a good guy. He's a good friend, obviously. Daniel Jeremiah, who is a former NFL scout, and you guys. Former Eagle you, scout. Yeah, yeah you know all about him. Great guy and so on. Um, you know, watch the All-Star games. But more importantly now, it used to be you used to gauge your draft on a team's needs. Now a team's needs change by the time you get around to the draft. In fact, they sometimes they change right on the night of the draft, Yep, yeah. as, as we have seen. So I, I, I'm still holding off a little better now. It's been a frantic four or five days just track. I mean, it's on a Sunday night, you're thinking things are going to be quiet. And all of a sudden, Johnson winds up with the Eagles and the Brandon Cooks trade and um, yeah, and we, listen, I learned my lesson a couple of years ago when Donovan McNabb was traded on Easter. Yeah, yeah there, there, there are no down days. There are no down times, which I love it. I love it. It used to be it, when I was at college and pro football news weekly, I actually wrote college football during the offseason before we got the free agency. Russell, there is a reason why we call the show birds 365. That's the way the league yeah. year works. Hey, buddy, 
great catching up. Good to see you. I will definitely reach out again well before the draft. We do want to get you on when you've got a little bit more research done. We've got a little bit more research done. Get a little bit closer. We'll definitely get you back on. Thanks for jumping in today. My pleasure. It's great to see both of you. I love all the nostalgia talk and so on. And 37 days, more than our share of Hall of Famers when it comes to 37 days. All right. Give us a little hint who's coming up tomorrow. Well, I think we got Jimmy Johnson, the old San Francisco 49ers cornerback. Uh, and then there, you know, maybe a couple of guys who aren't in, in the Hall of Fame. So 37, we're getting up to 36, which obviously Jerome Bettis fans and so on. And okay. when you get in the 30s, you have two days that you look forward to 34, which is That's obviously a tough one. That's a German tough one. Thomas, Walter yeah. Payton, Earl Campbell right off the bat. Yeah. And then 32, Jim a Brown, a lot of 30, Garrett, yeah. Marcus Allen. So, yeah. you know, when you get into the third, even 28 is a good one too. Yeah. You know, like uh, Marshall Falk, Adrian Peterson, yeah, AP, um, Curtis yeah. Martin. Um, and then down, obviously, we'll get the 12, which is, oh. yeah. And yeah. speaking of 32, I really do believe this is the week that OJ catches the real killer. I'm just saying it, it may or may not happen. But <laughs> just, just, that's, I, if, if that's the case, you got to you got to be ready to move on the fly, Russell. I expect OJ to be 32 if he does catch the killers this week. Make well, me that, he's still make looking. Make me that promise right we, now, Russell. We know that. We he's know very that. persistent. Yeah. So. <laughs> RB, great stuff, brother. Appreciate it greatly. We'll get you back on in a month or so. You Thanks, Russell. God. Russell Baxter from ProFootballGuru.com. Check him out on Twitter at BaxFootballGuru. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, 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 I love the history stuff. You know, he does. And you got to put up with it from me occasionally. And he uh, is Russell, Russell's as good an NFL historian as there is. Period. End of end of sentence. End of paragraph. End of story. He's as good out there, uh, and he is. He's a uh, Hall of Fame guy out there every single year. Participates, helps out with the ceremonies. Uh, if you do want to know about the past of the National Football League, Russell Baxter as good as it gets. All right, Johnny Mac and I. We'll come back. We got one last segment. We got to put a bow on the show here on the Monday edition of Birds Three Sixty Five. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Is the best vacation one that you find or one you get lost in? One that takes you to new heights or reminds you to go with the flow? To get your feet wet and your wheels spinning? One that lets you find your own rhythm or get carried away? Find the best of yourself. Get lost in the woods. Plan your stay in the wild woods today. 
Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. On the Monday edition of Birds 365, I thought it was a good show. I had uh, two good guests for you. Started with Isaac Samalo and C.J. Gardner-Johnson out the door. How can they be replaced? Well, we think we know on the offensive line. You just moved Cameron Jerkins over to right guard. We always make that assumption and just check it off. Oh, that's done. Because we have such faith in Stoutland. Sometimes it's a little bit more difficult than that. As of now, it's safety. They don't have an answer. So that is my final question to you, John McMullen. We can certainly suggest that those that are left on the free agent market, including a uh, Jalen Mills, who just got added to that mix as a corner slash safety being released by uh, the Patriots. uh, Bargain basement, the lesser bin, call it what you want. We use whatever phrase you want. But the the unquestioned starters, plug and play, will be just as good guys. We're all off the board. The safeties have uh, gone, and CJ was the last of those type of players. So whoever you're getting, whoever you're signing, is more of a poke and hope type guy. Adrian Amos, you like that name? Uh, uh, that doesn't you know, wow me. Former Bears guy, so he knows the uh, the system. John Johnson, maybe. Who knows? Somebody like that. Um, I will say this. Uh, Howie got the uh, say what you want, but he got the valuation correct again. Bottom line. Got, we'll we'll, we'll see. Correct. If Chauncey Gardner-Johnson goes and kills it for Detroit, and they're in the Super Bowl again next no, year. No, I just mean the, the contract number. He, he got it right again. Now, I he might turn into an all-pro player. I'm not saying the evaluation. I'm saying the valuation, the contract valuation. He sure as hell knew he wasn't getting 14.46. Um, I speculate. Oh, you're just talking about not throwing a franchise tag on him. Yeah. No, well, and the Eagles offered him. Supposedly, I haven't confirmed this, but the Inquirer has three years, uh, 24, um, backloaded. So, eight million got eight million, six and a half that can go up to eight. He got it right, he got it right. 
CJ might, might not like it, but he got it right. But let me ask you if you're a player. Well, Three-year 24, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of half guaranteed, and the guaranteed is a big part of it. Would you rather sign a 324 or one-year eight? <clears throat> one-year eight. So would I. Um, well, and, and it was off the table. You know, that, that was early, and that part I got confirmed. That was early in the week when they offered it. And by the time the Eagles moved on to what essentially was Bradbury and Slay, by the time he had this deal, the Eagles had already moved had on. Had pulled it from the table. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, as of now, he, he had the right number for what he eventually signed for. Now we got to go out and judge C.J. Gardner's year. Oh, no. Yeah. That, if that's he goes and totally kills different. it, then the Eagles should have offered more. If he goes and struggles, the Eagles dodge the bullet because he might not even be an $8 million a year player. Yeah. Uh, I- it's to be determined when he signs basically for the same number, but just shorter years elsewhere. Um, so do you think how he goes back into the market or do you think he plays the waiting game? He waited for Chauncey Gardner Johnson until days before the season started. Do you think they jump into the market? No, for I a mean, lesser they, yeah, people forget the Eagles again. They tried to get Marcus Williams. They tried to get, uh, uh, um, uh, honey badger at a cost effective price. There was a third safety. I have to look that up. Uh, it might've been Reed might've been Justin Reed. Um, they tried to get safeties um, and they couldn't get it done. And ultimately it went all the way up to August 30th before they made a trade. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll, he'll, he'll look, he'll look down some avenues. Uh, doesn't mean he's just going to pull the trigger, but obviously there's going to be bodies here and it might be August 30th, but uh, they'll get a safety. Don't worry about it. <laughs> before week one when the eagles play oh we don't know yet that's later this month coming up they'll release the actual schedule of who's playing we know who they're playing we just don't know when they're playing them and surely we'll be talking about that but not tomorrow tomorrow we'll be still talking about the eagles and free agency and i'm looking forward to it i'm gonna be back tomorrow you in mcmahon yeah let's do it uh who, who i think we're uh we're done with all the big names so um but we got the draft and free agency and plan plan B. We'll call it plan B of free agency. It can be more important than than plan A. I don't know about that, but uh, how, he, how he can't flub plan B either. He needs to have some, as you said earlier in the show, contingency. Now he's usually pretty good at the contingencies. We'll see what his contingencies are for the guys they lost this year. But McMullen and McDonald, the Mac and Mac guys, will be back here on Birds 365 in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Say goodbye 
to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.